a place for film, the official IU Cinema podcast. I am your co-host, Elizabeth Bell, and with me as always is my co-host, David Carter. Hey, what's up, Elizabeth? Not much, just been hanging out in our onesie pajamas over here because we can't do anything for Valentine's Day, so we decided to really not do anything. (laughs) I'm not doing anything dissimilar. I'm literally in pajamas and a sweater, and I'm... (laughs) (laughs) just literally going to plan on editing this episode and publishing it as soon as we're done. Going to watch the Christopher Plummer movie Beginners by Mike Mills. Always a good one. Wait, not Mike Mills. Wait, am I... Am I confusing Meek Mills and somebody else? Meek Uh, Mills? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, I think you're mistaken. I think I'm... Am I mistaken? No, it is Mike Mills. Okay. It's Mike Mills. Okay. I was like, that sounds too close to Meek Mills. Maybe I'm making a weird <laughs> mistake. That'd be very odd. No, maybe. What if it was Meek Mills? <laughs> Meek Mills directed the 2010 film Beginner starring Christopher Plummer and Ewan McGregor. Quite literally, like, have me on the floor in amazement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We got to get Meek Mills here for a, a <laughs> director, <laughs> like a like a a five by Meek Mills or something like that. Um, anyway, uh, I'm happy to be talking to Elizabeth, especially because we're probably about to be trapped in, uh, cause of the winter vortex that's about to hit us this week's episode of a place for film. Uh, we wanted to do something just very light and casual. We have some great episodes coming up in the future, but we wanted just to catch up. Uh, I have explicitly gone out of my way to try to keep up with 2021 films after taking a hiatus off of trying to keep up with anything 2020 last year. (laughs) Um, So uh, that'll be what I talk about. Elizabeth will have the things she'll talk about. But before we get to that, Elizabeth is going to deliver us the schedule for this week at the IU Cinema. This week at IU Cinema, starting on Wednesday, February 17th and available until March 3rd, we have The General, the 1926 silent film starring Buster Keaton. One of the most revered comedies of the silent era, The General finds a hapless Southern Railroad engineer facing off against Union soldiers during the Civil War when his fiancée is accidentally taken away on a train stolen by the North. He uses several modes of transportation in his pursuit including Keaton's favorite, The Train. This is a part of our 10 years, 10 films, 10 perspectives series, celebrating the 10th anniversary of IU Cinema. To get access to this film for free, you must be signed up for our IU Cinema weekly emails, which you can do by visiting the contact page on the IU Cinema website. On Thursday, February 18th at 7 p.m., we have a free screening of the 1963 film eight and a half. Considered one of the greatest films about film ever made, this is our first film of the semester in our regular President's Choice series, picked by IU President Michael A. McRobbie, who will be introducing the film as well. This week I have gone out of my way after, like I said before the the break, to try my best to keep up with these 2021 movies because I feel like the distribution uh, methods are better mm-hmm. uh, for 2021. I, I think a lot of the the bumps that 2020 
head when getting these movies out are starting to get smoothed over. Like I, there are movies that are still coming out for a 1999 rental uh, fee, mm-hmm. which once again, I still think that needs to be reduced. I don't mind paying money to rent a movie temporarily, but I've gone out of my way to try to stay more current and get out of the, it's not really a rut. I've been enjoying watching older movies and like going through my back catalog of unwatched films on my shelves. But like, I like new movies. I like the future of cinema. I don't like the idea of a death spiral happening. So yeah, I got three movies I want to talk about. But before we get to me, Elizabeth. Good for you, though, David. Like, I know I'm not committing to that, but good for you. I mean, am I committing it to it the same way as like uh, when I would go see three new movies every weekend in the before times? No, it no. just means if something looks good, has good buzz and I don't feel like, well, that's not true for one of the movies I watched. But <laughs> if it at least uh, has something of interest uh, to it, then I will make the time to check it out. I think that's where I'm at at this point. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to me, I'm very curious what you have watched this uh, past week, Elizabeth, and what, if anything, you want to recommend to our listeners. Yeah. Uh, so we're recording on Valentine's Day. So we did watch When Harry Met Sally today. It's been a while since I'd seen it, so I didn't remember everything. But do love that movie. I'm always pleasantly reminded how great Carrie Fisher is in it. Oh, yeah. Carrie Um, Fisher, when she became essentially a supporting character actress, is to me my favorite part of her career. She's hilarious. She's probably my favorite part of that movie. When she hooks up with uh, Bruno Kirby, that scene where they're on dates but with each other's friends (laughs) because they don't want to date each other and they're trying to hold it off and then their two friends end up hooking up with each other Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby uh they just get in the cab and drive off is like one of the funniest (laughs) sight gags in a movie I have ever seen well I don't really feel much like walking anymore I think I'll get a cab I'll go with you great taxi so good he's like no one has ever quoted my own work to me before and she's like you wrote oh my gosh it's so funny i mean that is unfortunately i can say this is someone who is kind of a writer that is unfortunately secretly every writer's dream yeah (laughs) oh my gosh it was meant to be um but billy crystal is kind of annoying for most of that movie (laughs) especially at the beginning when they're driving to new york I was like, I want to punch this guy in the face. <laughs> I think that is because the movie is written. I mean, it's directed by Rob, Rob Reiner in his like his golden period. Like this is when Rob yeah, Reiner made nothing yeah. but hits before he made 20 anonymous movies at, at a certain point. Uh, but this is written by Nora Ephron. And I think that's pretty intentional that she I was love, like, yeah. like men when they're younger are annoying. And it is supposed <laughs> to be like college graduates. Correct. Yeah, I think like undergrad grads. Yeah, and they're driving from Chicago to New York. Yeah, and like they had just met, which is so funny to me because I like did not remember that they hadn't met. And then she pulls up and her friend's like, hey, and then her friend doesn't get in the car. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) To just drive cross country with a man I've never met. I would not do that today. Could you imagine drive like driving cross country who's with someone who's as repugnant as uh billy crystal is in those like that early in that like in that scene but the thing is like i gotta give it up to him because he's playing it well and he's doing a great job 
And I love Meg and Ryan. And eventually you like him by the end. So Yeah. I mean, it's definitely he grow. It's like a classic Hollywood script of like these characters grow, but in different ways. They start off one place. They end up another place. You know, it doesn't betray the characters because they are still themselves when the movie yeah. ends. It's not like Billy Crystal is like a completely different person when the movie ends. Yeah. Which one of their like fashion time periods is your favorite? Oh, I like the co- like I like that like postgraduate like college look, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like that on her. She was real cute with the like Farrah Fawcett hair. Um, but Billy Crystal definitely looks better in the last section. Because <laughs> yes. he just looks like an adult and not some frumpy guy in a sweatshirt. <laughs> yes. But uh when Harry met Sally, please, if you haven't seen it. It's a great cozy movie. Check it out. It's on Showtime. We had to get a Showtime trial to watch it. I would like to talk about a movie very briefly, but I feel like I'm still going to want to do a whole episode on this because the IU Cinema was one of the few places I got to screen this movie when it didn't have a distributor. Um, yes. Mubi recently acquired the rights to Kathy Yan's first movie, Dead Pigs. If you don't know who Kathy Yan is, she is the director of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. It has a different yes. title, The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn or something like that. It's a long title, but they shortened it when they released it, didn't they? It's the yeah, it's the Edge of Tomorrow, All You Need Is Kill, Live, Die, Repeat thing where they're like, we don't know which <laughs> of these titles is going to connect with the audience. So we'll go with all three. Uh, <laughs> um, but it is her first film in her native uh, China, and it's this great absurdist kind of Altman-esque comedy slash critique on capitalism about like five different characters who have intertwining lives uh, that you don't realize at the beginning of the movie and as the movie goes along you realize how their lives are intertwined in different ways like magnolia yes like magnolia another another (laughs) by another altman acolyte yes and it is a mixture of like young actors and like veteran actors that you've seen pop up in other uh chinese movies it's I have it's this rare thing that's for me currently uh, that doesn't happen to me much anymore where I've watched someone's big studio movie Mm, before I watched the like thing that got them the big studio movie. And so Mm. it was interesting going back and seeing like what did cross over from this movie as far as like her voice and stylization and Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And I remember reading an interview with her talking about how. Like a, like a year ago before I could even watch this movie about how in Dead Pig she wanted to portray Chinese women differently because they're usually portrayed as like demure and noble mm-hmm. and quiet. And she wanted to show that she's like, that's not the women I know. And uh, women are, you know, very messy, flawed people in like good mm-hmm. and bad ways. And I think that's like a pretty constant through line between this movie and The Emancipation of Harley Quinn, as well as neon lighting, people coming together uh, with like via pop culture and all these other things. So I highly recommend you getting a seven. If you can't, if you don't want to pay for movie, you can do a seven day free trial just to watch this movie. You can go buy a Kathy on T-shirt and get a three month trial. I was going to mention, yes, if you go to the <laughs> Super Yaki page, they are selling directed and written by Kathy on T-shirts that look wonderful in official collaboration with movie. And you can get a free a three month free trial after just buying a shirt. It's great. Man, so you get a shirt and other movies. Exactly. And they got some good stuff up there. I I'm a big I've been a big fan of movie even since they're like days of there's only thirty movies on here and one leaves every day and a new one comes in, so but mm-hmm. now it's it's built out way more than that. So I say check it out. I 
like everyone else on, on the planet, watched the Britney Spears documentary um, As did by I. the New York Times. I was actually very surprised that it was so short. Like it was something that I figured would either be like a two hour doc or like a mini series. Yeah. Well, it seems like it's a part of a larger series because it was like it, it said episode six. Um, oh, yes. It's like episode six of a series called New York Times Presents. And this ah. one is... What are the other episodes? Uh, I mean, looking at it, it seems like there's an episode about the teenager who hacked Twitter. There's about there's an episode about the Australian uh, fires that ravaged in 2020. There's an episode about the killing of Breonna Taylor. An episode about frontline workers during the during COVID. This is so, so interesting. Seems like things this are very topical. This one doesn't really fit in it. Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it's because for those who haven't seen the documentary, the inspiration for it or the thing that got it moving is that people became aware that Britney Spears was un, unrightfully uh, under a conservatorship, which is essentially a uh, legal ruling that uh, you are deemed unwell, so unwell that you can't be in charge of your body and finances. Yeah. And she's under the conservatorship of her father who she doesn't have a strong relationship with, who is in control of both her body and finances, which is unheard of. For someone who is 39 years old. 39 years old and who is working, who got a residency in Las Vegas <laughs> for a long time and is, was working harder than she had ever worked before in her entire life. Right. She's clearly competent. She's clearly competent. And this all comes from the fallout of her mental breakdown back in like 2008, I'm pretty sure, 2007, 2008. When she was... 25 or 26 which is how old i am now yes which we always which we all forgot and it's more of a documentary it's not so i mean it's definitely about her and her career and her legacy but it's reminding you of like how we got here in the first place Mm -hmm. and it's more about this this uh reckoning that we have to do with the odds which was how we treated female young celebrities and like essentially like ran them through the meat grinder after like granting them fame and all disgusting and as people have been bringing up like the you know the parallels between like whitney houston and anna nicole smith and Lindsay Mm -hmm. lohan and all these people who we like mocked mercilessly janet jack like i could not get through the letterman like there was a thread of letterman interviewing these people and just being like absolutely cruel and I, I got a minute through the Janet one and I could not finish. Yeah. I mean, it's it's something that I think the media is is like going to just have to reckon with and should probably like issue apologies because I don't think the, usually I'm like I'm OK kind of with the excuse that like it was a different time. But like there were so many people who were clearly like shouting like this is not OK. Like you shouldn't be doing this at the time mm-hmm. that I think they're should be some apologies issued because but not uh like excuse my french half-ass one like justin timberlake just did yeah i mean that's a he didn't even write that i can guarantee you yeah that's a whole nother bag of worms but i I think this document is worth checking out even if you're not like a fan of britney spears's music or her as like a celebrity i think it's something that it's like as we enter this era of early to mid-aughts nostalgia uh, because mm-hmm. people uh, of that who were kids at that age are now coming, like becoming adults and having memories. I think it's easy to forget that like the tabloid cycle and the celebrity like infatuation we had at the time was like so grossly unhealthy, along with like a lot of other things that were wrong with that era. 
that I definitely think it's worth checking out just to kind of remind yourself and also to like you know maybe learn that Britney Spears was more than just like a girl who got lucky or something like that like she worked really hard like I don't know these are things I already kind of knew I never Mm -hmm. I love Britney Spears I don't know but I definitely think it's worth checking out agreed what's your next one my next one uh is gonna be very brief I watched Malcolm and Marie uh, a movie that made me actively angry and I didn't want to finish it. And this is the movie by Sam Levinson, who is the son of Barry Levinson. Nepotism strikes again. Look, here's the thing. I have no, pro- I actually generally have no problem with nepotism. It's just I have a problem with unchecked nepotism, meaning like yeah, there are celebrities who are very talented, who have famous parents. Mm-hmm. I understand that it is an unfair advantage and I hate it. And I would like more people <laughs> who don't come from like you secretly learn that there are so many people that like their mother was a casting director. Like, it, you know, right. it, well, of course, they had even a small leg up in the industry. Like it's not just all like Dakota Johnson's. It's even small. <laughs> it can be smaller things than that, too. It's just I get annoyed when there are so many young struggling filmmakers who have voices and points of view. And Mm -hmm. people like this, your Max Landis's come along and they take jobs away from people who actually have like interesting stories to tell. Yeah. This is Sam Levinson is the creator and writer of Euphoria. He directed a movie called Assassination Nation a couple of years ago (laughs) that uh, act like I almost I so rarely have ever walked out of a movie. I got as close as I've ever come in my entire life um, watching it. But it's movie starring Zendaya and John David Washington, speaking of nepotism, but on the positive (laughs) side. And it's just a he's just I mean, I I wish I had some like hot take from the criticism that people have been going over the past. But like, yeah, he's using a black person as a mouthpiece for his like own insecurities and his own like points of view. And and, like it just doesn't sit right. And it just all feels shallow. And like, yeah, I'm just 30 now. So like I'm now getting annoyed every time someone comes out with a movie in which like they have to reference other movies. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like in conversation. And it's like I've seen early Quentin Tarantino movies. Like I don't need to keep seeing this. I've seen French New Wave movies. I don't need to keep seeing this. Unfortunately, I can't say anything nice about the actors. That would usually be the saving grace of a movie like this. But like mm. as far as a riff on who uh, on uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf, an unsuccessful one. I wish the best of luck to Zendaya and John David Washington in their future projects, but was not a fan of Malcolm and Marie. View at your own peril. <laughs> Elizabeth. Uh, for my final one that I watched, um, I actually had forgotten that I watched it and I only watched it last night, if that tells you anything. Um, we did a rewatch of a film I haven't seen in at least 10 years, probably called 50 First Dates. Oh my Lord. (laughs) Speaking of mid-aughts nostalgia. Uh, (laughs) It was in the like Valentine's Day uh grouping on hulu and it was just like it was late and we just wanted to turn something on and we like as a person adam sandler yeah this is a movie i've i've probably couldn't even count on both my hands the amount of times i've seen this i know that when it was on like tbs like what i don't know when movies go on tbs but like a year or two after it's released i guess um it was on all the time and we would watch it all the time because it was like not one of the overtly like dumb like dumb dumb Adam Sandler movies. Does that make sense? Yes. 
This is Adam Sandler uh, when he's trying to be more of a leading man. Yeah. In my opinion, where he's it's not like he's not like doing normie stuff, but it's like less absurdist comedy, more like mainstream. Like it's a rom com, but a little quirkier. Um, and a lot offensive. Oh yeah, uh, n- it's so bad. Oh no, none of the none of those uh, movies get out alive, unfortunately. <laughs> like I still think like the '90s ones are pretty okay with some like you know some things you're like that's not great, but as a whole, but like right. man, those aughts ones. Uh, <laughs> this one's so bad because I like what was it like 2004, 2005? Maybe I was ten. Like I don't and like grew up in a tiny white town of. 10,000 people or less but oh my god Rob was his name Rob Schneider yes Rob Schneider yes he is in it's not yellow face because he's pretending to be Hawaiian yeah but that's still that's like brown okay it's a different type of brown face because it's a brown face yeah Yeah. he's literally painted up to look Hawaiian and is doing the worst accent ever and is just being really offensive and misogynistic and then there's like a non-conforming gender character who is just the butt of every joke and it's so annoying and then like not to mention the trauma this woman has to go through every time you just want to talk about the ending which is the thing that people have finally decided to be like isn't that weird and messed up which is the ending that they fall in love and he has to make a video for her every day about the fact that like they have kids and they've been (laughs) married for a long time and then you get into the like the body horror of like, oh, wait, she was pregnant when she had kids and she can't remember that she was pregnant. And so she has to wake up. <laughs> there was like nine months stints oh where she God. would wake up pregnant and wondering like, what's going on? Oh, it's so scary. Yeah. And then like at the end, like they're on a boat in Alaska. Mm-hmm. She can't go anywhere. She's literally trapped. Yeah. It's great. And like, yeah, her dad <laughs> is there, but like. It's not great. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh like, boy! Poor Drew Barrymore. She gives it her best shot in this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I, you know, there's just certain movies I I don't plan on revisiting. And as much as like I, as I said up top, go for the Matt for Adam Sandler. I think he's doing his thing. I think he is fun. I am one of the people who enjoyed Hubie Halloween on Netflix when it came out. <laughs> a, an aggressively stupid movie, but that's partially why I like it so much. Um, yeah. But, you know, just some of those movies don't hold up. The comedy of time doesn't hold I mean, as they say, comedy is the first thing to age as far yeah. as, like, the dramatic arts. For real. Um, you, No one else has to revisit this because I did it for you. So There you go. And for my last movie, we'll end on a high note. I liked, I liked the way this was structured. We had, like, like, a nice movie that we liked, and then there was a movie we didn't like. And then we... <laughs> <laughs> um, I will end on my movie which was uh, Judas and the Black Messiah which is on HBO Max Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party Repeat after me This is the uh, story of the assassination of Fred Hampton and the person who betrayed the Black Panthers, who is an informant for the FBI. Daniel Kaluuya plays uh, Fred Hampton and Lakeith Stanfield plays uh, William O'Neill, who I guess since it's like based on true events, I guess I won't spoil it because I I didn't know what the outcome of the that person's real life is. So I won't say it. But it's mm-hmm. public knowledge as to what happened to him years after the events of the movie take place. 
but it is an interesting, it's this great, it's a great movie. It's like the best, I mean, it's the best movie I've seen this year so far. That's a new movie. Um, it's from director Shaka King. It's produced by Ryan Coogler, who you, obviously you will know from Creed and Black Panther. And it also stars Jesse Plemons and Dominique Fishback, who I mostly know from the, the Deuce. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this great movie that is a biopic which I'm actually not so hot on, but it's not really a biopic, is because it is a crime drama a la The Departed. It is about someone who is, like, essentially an informant, and they get sucked into this, like, organization and become to believe the things that they believe in and the hard decisions they make along Mm -hmm. the way. It is just, it's an American tragedy. That's the best way I can describe the movie. It is an American tragedy at all levels. Um, yeah. As with any stories based on true events, I say you should definitely vet it and learn mm-hmm. the actual facts of the movie is not a replacement for, you know, actual history. history. <laughs> so I say check it out. It is on HBO Max until March 3rd. And then in the, I don't know, it's a whole thing, but you can safely watch it on HBO Max for the next two weeks. I highly recommend it. I probably will watch it again at some point before it leaves HBO Max. Man. But uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I mostly am upset, as I told you before we started recording, that I didn't get to watch this in a theater because it's a cinema. It's like an incredibly cinematic movie that's full of life. And I think <sighs> I think everyone. I mean, I think Daniel, Lakeith, Dominique, and Jesse could all be nominated for this movie. Um, I feel like based on the movie and the time and the subject matter, I can imagine what kind of character jesse plemons is playing yeah i mean he's playing okay. he's playing the g-man like he's playing the person okay. who recruits the keith to to uh sabotage the black panthers gotcha and he okay, does an incredible like, it's like hmm. one of those things where like he's doing a great look jesse plemons he's gonna play a creep he's gonna play a narc and he's gonna do a good job at it and cool. we love and i love him he's a great he's a great he's like literally one of our finest actors He's great at being bad. He's great at being bad. Uh, if you want a lighthearted version of his characters that he plays, uh, check out Game Night, where he plays yes. uh, the next door neighbor, and he gets uh, he steals the movie in like three scenes he's in. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. We want to keep it short. Um, we'll be back next week with something, but then the week after that, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so nebulous, but we will be back with like a more in-depth episode next week. And the week after that, we have a very special guest who is uh, presenting a screening at the IU cinema. We can't wait. We've wanted to have her on for a very long time. She's very excited mm-hmm. to be on. She's done great work at the cinema. And unfortunately this is her last semester. So, you know, I'm glad we got her on before while she was still an official IU cinema employee and not yeah. just a friend of the cinema. But that's going to do it for this week. You can find me on Twitter at Samurai Flicks, on Letterboxd and Instagram at Robert Dolphy, Elizabeth. You can find me on Instagram, Letterboxd, Twitter at Elizabeth Rell, R-O-E-L-L. And I'm going to start doing this in the episodes. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Like, yeah. like we've actually, it's actually been nice seeing like people actually seem like they're listening to the podcast and I've been getting feedback on it and I'd like to keep making it better. So, yeah, please rate and review and subscribe. And who knows if you uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll steal this bit from another podcast again. If you leave a nice or unoffensive review, we will read it on air. <laughs> Yay. You, if you leave a, like if you leave though. a mean review and it's unoffensive, I will consider reading it on air. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't. There are no guarantees. But uh, 
yeah, this has been A Place for Film. We'll see you at the movies. Good night. Good night.